we could be in a really, 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 like, this is a dark time in, in you know, right now. Mm-hmm. That this coronavirus is spreading like crazy. Mm-hmm. But we have to stand together mm-hmm. and come as one and say, you know, look, I know it's tough right now. I know it's hard right now. But we have to stand together and be strong and unite. That was Lyle Woodrow, a.k.a. the Roadrunner, the Chainsaw Guy, the Rocket Man, and a very good friend of mine. I am your host, Michael Dunphy, and this is the Further Liberation Podcast. Lyle is a Special Olympics athlete who recently competed in the Nationals in Thunder Bay, Ontario, playing floor hockey. In this talk, he tells me a little bit about that experience, what it was like growing up with Williams Syndrome, how he became a man of faith, and he shares some inspiring wisdom on what we can do during this uncertain time. I hope you enjoy our talk, and thank you for tuning in to the Further Liberation Podcast. All right, and she's going. We're all good. Okay. So... How's it going, Lyle, buddy? <laughs> uh, it's going good, bye. All right. So I was thinking, before we get deep into some current world-type stuff that's going on right now, I want to hear about your trip, because we never got to talk about that yet. No, dude, uh, we haven't. And, yeah. You know, that's, uh, that's one thing I do want to talk about, because it was the best best thing ever i ever been to, man. Yeah. Like, it was like, I, you know, like, through... Through everything, you know, like the the training, the the hard work that we put in to get where we're at right now, man, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like all over this world, we have so many different athletes, like mm-hmm. different countries that have athletes, and you know, like when it comes to you know being a team player, being a you know one of those people that is like, hey man, I got your back whatever you need, I'm there for you whenever you're feeling down, I'm there for you in in the hard times, right? You know, like, if a player, you know, feels down about what they did, you know, pick them right back up and say, man, you know, you got this. And, you know, I felt like when I went to um, to the national games out in... um, uh, Thunder Bay, I felt like I had what it took. Yeah. You know, I, I was nervous as anything else at <laughs> first, you know, like, uh, you know, like, just thinking about it, you know, like, I just had to do my part as, you know, as one of the people, one of the, you know, the athletes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about what we did out there, you know, we... We put a lot of heart out there, you know, we gave it all we could, and, you know, like, that's the main thing, you know, it's not all about winning golds or or medals or anything else, it's what you're good at. Yeah, exactly. And that's when, that's what the coaches said to us, and, you know, when I think about being the next, the next level of athletes, you know, like... You know, I only been in this since 2014, and I didn't 
know where it was where this was going to lead up to and I came to St. John's about three years ago or four and um, you know how hard it was for me to leave home because you right. know like it, it it destroyed me sort of because you know like I had you know put everything on the line just to come here to you know to, like I'm not saying that I made a horrible mistake by coming right. here I made the best the best decision I ever right. could have made. But it was hard to make it, eh? Was that the first time you ever moved away from Goose Bay? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. I uh, I was living out in uh, Ontario for two years. And, okay. um, you know, just, you know, I was in a, uh, uh, a different kind of place. How old um, were you then? I was about uh, 15 or 16. Oh, okay. Right. So yeah. So the majority of your life you lived in Goose, and then when you're 15 or 16, you went to Ontario for two years, and then you went back to Goose again. Yes. And then you left, came out here four years ago. Yes. And that's when you got involved with Special Olympics and playing floor hockey. No, the thing was that I joined up in Special Olympics 2014. Yeah. This was the first time I ever, you know, like I was in Special Olympics, like when I was about 10 years old. Or oh, okay. And then, you know, um, 2014, I got um, a piece of paper, you know, like, um, uh, you know, like, in front of me, and I was like, um, should I get, you know, like, this could be a chance of a lifetime, you know, during Special Olympics, you know, go to do games and everything else, mm. like, okay, you know, like, I had to think about it for a couple of seconds, because, you know, like, you know, even though I was in a dark place at that time, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't say no to it, so, mm -hmm. you know, I said yes, why not, and then after a while, you know, uh, wintertime came around and you know like um, at that time uh, I didn't know you know games were being held for you know winter games or summer games or anything like that like I was only getting back to it you mm -hmm. know and stuff and you know I you know my coach asked me if I wanted to um, do snowshoeing for Special Olympics. I said, why not? Mm -hmm. It was a pain in my ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At first, it was. Yeah. Because, you know, like, going out there and, you know, like... Where was that? Was that in Goose Bay when you did yes. snowshoeing? Yeah. yeah. So what other sports have you done in Special Olympics? You've done floor hockey and you've done snowshoeing. Is that the only two? Or have you... And I've done uh, track field. I'll get to that. Okay, okay. Bit. Yeah. Carry on. So I went to Corner Brook for the very first time for the Winter Games. Right. Amazing time. Yeah. Great time. When was this? This was back in 2000, I think, 14 or 15. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so when... I, you know, this was the first time I ever done this, and I was like, you know, I was, I was really excited, you know, I was, I was ready to go, man, and, you know, my first race, you know, I beat everyone. The second race. Right. I beat everyone. Yeah. I beat everyone in my, in my division. Right. 
Man, that must have been unreal. <laughs> then, yeah. then I suppose you started boosting, like you started building confidence then and be like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, bet. you know, like, and not only that, not only that, when I went to Cornerbrook, I got to meet Trina. Now, I don't know, like, this is when I met Trina and Kevin and Andrew. Mm-hmm. And that's when things took a turn. So who were they? They were Andrew's parents, and they knew me a long, long, long time ago. Okay. And I didn't know them. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, it was years and then, you know, like, they started to call me. They started to send me things. They started to, you know, do this and do that for me. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, there's something there's something there. Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize is that, you know, I told my, my uh, coach when we were having supper and there was a dance that this guy... His name is Andrew. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, my stepbrother now. Um, that he just looks like me. Oh yeah. And it's like everybody was like, oh, you know, like I ca- I couldn't stop looking at. Him. Yeah. Like the same. Like I wasn't seeing things. Like, right. It's just something about him that made you really interested, eh? Yeah, and. I walked up to him at the dance and I said, did you have Williams syndrome? And he said, yes. Yeah. And then that morning, then the next morning, uh-huh. Karina came up to me and introduced herself to me. And that's Andrew's mom, you say? That's Andrew's okay. mom. Yeah. And that's when the bolt, the, the, you know, everything started. Yeah. From that very moment, like, boom, boom, boom. Right. You know, like, phone calls, you know, uh, Easter stuff, you know, visitations, you know, like, different things. And, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm in a place where I am happy. Mm. I'm in a place where I feel that, you know, I feel good. So, did they, like see you and meet you and recognize that you have Williams syndrome too. And then like, kind of like take you on as a part of their family. No, the reason why they took me on, um, on as, as a part of their family is because of the situation that I was living in. Right. The, the, the things that were going on in my life, you know, like I was, you know, like when I was young, like, um, I I didn't know who I was, you know. Mm. I didn't know, no, no one told me about, you know, what was different about you. What was different about me, mm-hmm. and that scared me, you oh, know. Fuck like I bet, man. You know, like how can you look in the mirror and feel and like every every morning and feel like you know like there's gotta be something going on here. Mm-hmm. Like, there's gotta be something. So nobody explained to you when you were young? Like, no. Because you told me that when you were young, like you were in uh, special ed classes and stuff like that, but no one told you why you were different or what was unique about you or anything like that? No, no. You were just confused all the time? 
I was confused because no one, no one had uh, had said anything to me, right. and that that made me feel like a monster, man. You know, like I didn't know who who I was. I didn't, you know, like the situation. I was, I was, you know, you know, I was. My life has been a complete. Uh, just it it destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Most of my life destroyed me because I did not know who I was. I did not know, you know, why do I have this? You know, mm-hmm. like it was all a lie, mm-hmm. a lie. You know, I was a lie. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't belong in this world. You know, sometimes because mm-hmm. I was always getting abused and you know getting, you know, being told that I was never amount to nothing and you know, and you know, everything else and you know it 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 took over me. It made me it made me angry. Mm. It made me really angry. You know, like you know, if someone didn't tell you. When you like, um, if someone in your family knew something, and they would not tell you, mm-hmm. then yeah, you yeah. just feel like you're kept in the dark about everything. Yeah, you yeah. feel like you're locked. You're locked in a place where, you know, you know, there's. You feel like there's someone. You see something, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, it must have been hard to trust people with that kind of mentality. Yeah, it yeah. took me a long time to trust people because people would screw me over. Yeah. Was there anybody in your life that you've had, like, since the beginning that you felt you could trust or some that you could turn to? Or did that come later in your life? That came uh, later in my mm-hmm. life because, you know, like, I, you know, my stepdad was the worst, you know, like, everything from, you know, like, Everything that he has ever done to me mm-hmm. will never go away. The mm-hmm. pain, the... It's not something you could forget. No. Mm-hmm. So when did it start to turn around for you? Well, it started to turn around for me when I... Um, when... I was older, mm-hmm. you know. You know, like... the. Uh, the things that I saw, the things that it's really crazy because, you know, like my sister and brother and everyone else, you know, tried to do their best for me, you know, tried to look out for me and stuff. And my mom was just sitting there just watching Mm -hmm. everything. She didn't, she was too scared to do anything. Mm -hmm. Probably didn't know what to do. No. Yeah. She wasn't ready to take on the responsibility of having a child like you. No. Or maybe not even a child in general. Maybe she wasn't ready to be a mom. No. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was about... my When I, uh, you know, got a whip burn or whatever... Mm-hmm. I was in trouble when I was young, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I, I'll admit that, mm-hmm. but you know, like, 
on my 15th birthday, she abandoned me. Mm-hmm. Good. On your birthday? On my birthday. When I came out of Whitburn, the social workers, I went to the social worker's office. My mom was in there. She gave me a presence and everything else. And then, bye-bye. Was that the last time you saw her? No. Okay. No, no. Okay. I talked to her a couple of times. Right. Yeah. Right. she ever give you any reasoning behind that? she ever try to justify her actions? No, because no. it's pitiful. Mm. You know, it's... It's... I don't, you know, the the gravity, I don't understand the... I don't understand the the reason why. Mm-hmm. And, you know... But, you know, in, that, in saying that, you know, like... I can't, I can't live in the past. Mm. I can't, you know, think about the past. Mm-hmm. You got to grow from it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to choose to move on. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I said, you know, like, I'm going to move on, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, well, uh, you know, when I was 18 and stuff like thing, things were, you know, I lived with my sister a couple of years and then things got bad there and everything else, but not, not to the point where, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hate and a lot of anger with mm. me because, you know, I was different from everyone else. I was, you know, I felt like a person had their head chopped off because I didn't, I, I didn't realize that, you know, the person that was walking along the road or the side of the road, <laughs> you know, had people coming to his, to his side and saying, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you never had that? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, you know, everybody told me everything would be okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to say this, but it will never be okay. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I'm human, just like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, that's why I'm me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I... I become who I am because mm-hmm. of people that have been, you know, been good to me, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, man. Been, you know, been there from the very beginning, mm-hmm. you know, just like you and Paul and, and everyone else. You've been there from the beginning and you, you guys have never, ever said, Lyle, we're sorry, man, but we can't, we can't hang around ran with you anymore because you're this or you're that. Mm-hmm. No, you guys said, look, man, this guy is very special. We're going to be there for this guy. You know, we're going to hang around, you know, like, and that's what, that's what, you know, things started to change because mm. people didn't look at, my, look at 
the person that had disability, the person that looked at me said, man, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have. Mm -hmm. As long as you, you know, you, you are who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's what, you know, got me into, you know, like into the person I am, you know, and other people. Yeah. So was it around like high school times that you started meeting people that were actually like good friends to you and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of people that were good to me when I was young because they knew what was going on. Yeah. They knew everything, what was going on, you know, of the situation I was in. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to say this once and I'm going to say it only once. Mm. I'm the best runner in Labrador. <laughs> I'm not, I'm oh, yeah, the roadrunner, man. <laughs> yes, man. Uh, I've never seen you run. I, I'm kind of intrigued now. I want to see how fast you can go. But yeah. <laughs> that's cool, man. Yeah. I'm very popular where I come from, people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So, like, when you were, I just, like, we only started knowing each other around high school, right? Like, when we started, you started coming, like, I knew who you were when I was in, like, grade 7 and grade 8, but I didn't know you well. I just knew you were in the same school as me. I just seen you around in the hallways. Yeah. But then when we were in high school and me and Paul and the boys started playing shows, you would always be at our shows. And you were, like, the most enthusiastic person ever. Like, you got us so pumped up because you would be always up front and you were so in tune with the music and you were just going wild and it just made us so much more pumped and we were feeding off each other's energy, you know? And it was so great to have that. Like, you got other people in the crowd going, you know? Like, you would start a mosh pit or something. Yeah. It was beautiful, man. And And then we started hanging out with each other. Yeah. You know? I used to have, like, these prejudices when I was young because I didn't understand people with disabilities and I wasn't educated on it. So I used to look at people like you and other people who with disabilities as less than me in some way. But when I met you, probably before I met you, I started to understand that wasn't the case. But when I got to know you, I was like, there's no difference. You know, you may be different in some ways, but at your core, you're still a human. You still feel joy. You still feel sadness. You still suffer. You still feel love. There was no difference. And that's... That's what really matters, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really glad you see it that way, man, because it really means a lot to me that you appreciate that we were there for you because, you know, we were doing our best to be there for all of us. You know, we were doing our best to be there for each other as well as yourself, right? Yeah, and, you know, when I think about it, you know, like, uh, you know, It's like, you know, like, I get emotional talking about this because, Mm. you know, like, you know, when I, when I go to the shows, that's how I release everything. That's how Mm. I get, you know, get down. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You let it all out. All that pent up anger, intense energy, you can just let it out by headbanging or jumping around or singing along or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into music because, you know, like when I started to listen, like when I was young, it was always ACDC and, you know, like a little bit of Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath and all that. But, you know, when I started growing up, you know, it was like, you know, 
Metallica, Linkin Park, you know, like um, Slipknot or System of Down, yeah, you know. started getting heavier and heavier, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And, you know, like, and then people would introduce me to, like, different bands, like Cryptopsy. I was like, okay, Cryptopsy, <laughs> and, you know, it's a, a, a French band. Like, okay. Oh, yeah, they're from Montreal, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, when I started listening to them, it was like, oh my gosh, is there more? <laughs> more? <laughs> Give me more of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me all the metal. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. And it was crazy, you know, like, listen to, you know, uh, like, more heavier stuff, you know, like, uh, Waking the Cadaver or Cannibal Corpse. Oh, I or, forgot about those guys. Or, uh, or you know, like... Um, Cradle Filth, man. Yeah. Cradle Filth is like, you know, the first song I have, I think I ever heard was um, by Cradle Filth. Was there, they made a video for this, uh, and it had like a, it was in snow, like. Was it her ghost in the fog? Ghost in the fog. Yeah, that yes, was the first man. one I heard too. Yeah, man. yeah, and you know, like. I started listening to, like, you know, like, Criddle Filth and, you know, like, uh, Dimmerburger and stuff okay, like that, yeah. man. And, you know, like, I just wanted to explore what what I could find, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, when I started listening to, like, uh, uh, like, Slipknot, Slipknot was the most heaviest band that I ever listened to, like, mm -hmm. when I was young. And, you know, Linkin Park was the first, their uh, album, um, the first album was awesome, man. Like, mm -hmm. And then I started listening to, like, Disturbed and everything else. But then, after a while, you know, you know, like, after years and years, I started to listen to the more heavier, heavier, you know, bands. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think music is... What um what you know drives us to do what we do, man. You mm. know, like as people, because you know, like if you're listening to country music, um, you know, ah, <laughs> 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 uh, gosh, country music to me is like it's the most boring thing I ever listened to. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean, man. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I can see that. You know. <laughs> it doesn't have that energy you're looking for, right? Yeah, I listen to a little bit of Shania Twain and, and okay, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. You know, like uh, Johnny Cash, you know, Ray right. Fire. But I don't like how they sing about, I'm a dog and dad. And, it's all about dogs, trucks, yeah. dirt roads. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. My dude. girl left me. Yeah, exactly. And all that is like no, I was not into that stuff either. No. When I was young, especially, you know, when I was a teenager, all I wanted was the angriest stuff. Yeah, and probably because like I'm similar to you in the sense that like I was really angry kid too. So yeah. metal gave me an outlet for that. It gave me a way to really express my anger. Made yeah. me feel that power that I was never able to feel. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really fun. List like I grew up like similar to you. I started with stuff like. 
uh, well, when I was really young, my cousins showed me Metallica and yeah. Ozzy and stuff like that. And yeah. I was hooked, man. I yeah. couldn't get enough of it. But then when I got to my teenage years, probably around like 14 or 15, I started to listen to heavier stuff too, like Slayer and Cradle of Filth and, yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah. I was like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get enough. Yeah. It was like, the, the heavier, the faster, the better, you know? Yeah. The more yelling, the better, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, then Paul showed us stuff like... Uh, uh, bring me their eyes and stuff like that. And I was yeah. like, oh my God, these guys are pissed. <laughs> and I was like, this is amazing. It was so good, yeah. But yeah, I find music in that sense, like no matter what you're into, it kind of reflects the way you're feeling and it's it's a good way to release those emotions. It's it's like therapy in a way, you know? Yeah, uh, it's like, um, uh, it's like, it's like, you know, it helps, helps the mind. You mm. know? And, you know, you know this, and probably you know the people out there don't know this, but I am a, I am a Christian. I do go to church, and mm-hmm. I do listen to gospel music and stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I, you know, like I feel that you know, music. If you're if it doesn't matter if you're non-Christian or if you are, but you mm-hmm. know, like it. Music is just something that helps you when you're going through something. Mm-hmm. If you're having a bad day, you put like a little, you know, something upbeat, you know. Yeah. Like, it gets you going. And, you know, like when I go to church, man, I love it. I love the feeling. Yeah, I bet, man. Yeah. Everybody's singing along to the same song. Everyone's in the same kind of mentality. Everyone's got the same energy going. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine. I, uh, I've never been to like a proper church service. I think I went to one when I was really young, but um, maybe three or four years ago when I was living in Goose Bay, there was a church band that came, a Christian band that came to Goose Bay and they played the EJ Broomfield Arena. And I went just because at that point I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the same person I was when I was young where I was like, I I was like basically anti-religion when I was young, but my mind is definitely opened a lot more to that. So when this band came, I was like, well, I love live music and, you know, I love the message of everyone coming together and all that, all that love and togetherness. So I'm going to go to this and see what it's like. And I loved it, man. I had such a great time. The band was great. They got everybody up on their feet and singing along and stuff. It was such a cool experience to see everybody in the same room everybody's in the same mentality everybody's there for the same reason it really yeah. gives you that sense of community and togetherness yeah you know? it's a great feeling you know like when when you see you know yeah the people that you know look out for you and you know treat you like family it's great mm. man because you know you're not alone you know yeah, exactly. like you know there's people out there that you know that you know like when I go to church, you know, I I love it because it's, you know, like, it gives me, you know, like, that good feeling, you know, mm-hmm. I can go, I can live another day, I can, you know, like, you know, the presence of God is, all, all, you know, like, in me since 2006, man, you know, mm-hmm. I started going to church when I was, uh, um, like, in 2006, and then, you know, like, everything just started from there, and, mm-hmm. you know, I had some ups and downs, but, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I just love church, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. I know what you mean, man. It's yeah. just that sense of belonging. Everyone's there for the same reason. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. 
So yeah. what, uh, you weren't, ra- were you raised Christian? Like, were you going to church when you were no, a kid? No, no, I was, I, you know, I would go to a couple church services when right. I when I was little, but I never knew who God was, right. or, you know, like, you know, or anything like that. Yeah. You know, like, so what made you around 2006, like, look at it differently? What got you interested in it? Well, at first I was not, like, I'm going to be honest on on, on here, okay? Mm-hmm. At first, um, it was a little bit crazy to me mm. because, you know, these people were happy and, you know, like, talking about this God and everything else. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, and then, you know, like, I st- you know, people started to... You know, like I, st- I kept on going. The reason why I joined the church is because I wanted to be in a band. Oh, I see. I wanted to be a drummer. Oh, I see. I didn't know that. Or maybe you told me before, but I definitely forgot. Yes, I did want to be a drummer. Right. And then, you know, I started to go to church like, use, like every chance, you know, like youth weekends, you know, like go to different events and everything else, man. It was crazy. It's like, you know, like, um, I didn't even know they had, um, uh, like, a convention called YC at first. Okay, yeah. And then I saw a video. I was like, man, I need to save up my money and go to this. <laughs> right. like, I didn't go to the first one. I was like, oh. like, that was back in 2000, uh, 2007. But they had one before that. Okay. So I went to 2007, 2008, 2009. Where was it? Was it in Goose or did you travel for it? Uh, we went to, my first one was in St. John's. Okay. Yeah. That's why I love it so much here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like, it was, it was like, it was, uh, a lot of fun, man, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, having good times, you know, talking to people, you know, like having pizza after, after, um, after the, you know, the, um, the sessions and everything else, like go back to the hotel, you know, have a big party. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy, man. You know, and, uh, it was, it's something I will never forget, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why, um, that's why people need to, um, you know, I'm not here to preach about anything. I'm not here to tell everyone what to do or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I want people to do what they want to do and whatever, mm-hmm. you know. That's that's me, you know. Like, i never been the person, you know, to hand out Bibles and say, right. you know, this for you or this for you yeah, exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. No. But it works for you. It works for me. Yeah, man. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to force anybody to do what they don't want to do. Exactly. That's never been me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel the same. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I got a lot to say about what I believe these days, but at no point do I ever say you have to believe this. Yeah. I'm here to say that I know what I know to be true and has worked wonders for me. Yeah. My life has completely like made a 180 because of how I see 
reality now. Yeah. And if anybody's open to hearing about that and wants to improve their life, I can tell you how I did it with myself. Yeah. And how it can get much better if you change the way you think about things. Yeah, because, you know, we only live once, you know, like we can't, we can't, you know, you know, we can't go on, on, let's say, uh, Mario World or, or, <laughs> or, or, uh, or uh, um, Donkey Kong to get another life. This is the only <laughs> yeah. life we can't, man. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no please play again kind of thing, you know? No. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. You only get one shot, like Eminem said. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, we only have one life, you mm-hmm. know? Like, we got to live this life to the fullest, man, because you never know. You definitely don't know because, you know, we could be sitting here and the next thing we could be in a casket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you got to make the best of things, man. Yes. You got to cherish every moment. Yes. Yeah, and I just want to tell the people that I love every single one of them. You know, mm-hmm. like I love all my friends and family, but I also love the people that have, you know, that are in this world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like... I, you know, like, I've always been taught, you know, to do on to others as they would do on to you. Right, yeah. And that's in the Bible yeah. as well. The golden rule. The golden rule. And you can find something similar to that in almost every religion. Yes. There's always something at the basis of every religion that yeah. says, you know, treat others how you would want to be treated. Yes. Treat everyone with the respect and the love and the compassion and the kindness that you would want given to yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's a lot of different faiths out there, but they all have a lot of similarities and that's one of them. And that's what we should be focusing on the way we're in, which is the ways in which we're similar rather than ways in which we're different. Yes. Because, you know, we could be, you know, we could be in a really, 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 like, this is a dark time in, in, you know, right now. Mm-hmm. That this coronavirus is spreading like crazy, man. Mm-hmm. But we have to stand together mm. and come as one and say, you know, look, I know it's tough right now. I know it's hard right now. But we have to stand together and be strong and unite mm-hmm. because, you know, that. You know, that's that's what people need to realize is, you know, like, there's too many, there's too many things that are going on in this world. There's too many things. And people got to, you know, come together and, you know, come as, come, you know, like, it doesn't matter who you are. Just, you know, help each other out mm-hmm. in this world because, you know, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. We need each other now more than ever, man. Yeah, we yeah. do. Because people are getting scared. People are are up in their friggin' uh, in their eye lobes or their friggin' ears with, you know, like, oh my gosh, like... 
this coronavirus is, you know, killing people. It's yeah. killing people. Like, yes, it is killing people. Yes, it is, you know, like, it got, you know, it, it's infectious, yeah. you know. And when, when I think about it, it's like, you know, I have no fear. I have no fear whatsoever about this coronavirus mm. because, you know, I'm not perfect in any sort of way or any kind of way. But what I'm saying is, you know, like, you know, if you, if you're doing the right things that, that, you know, the, the so-called government or what, you know, are saying, you know, you should follow by the rules because, you know, like, I, I don't get it. I don't get Americans really because they're, <laughs> they're messed up. <laughs> <laughs> they're messed up, man. Mean, yeah. I think uh, one reason is because they're far more inundated with fear. They believe the fear a lot easier. They're in a, a far worse situation in many ways. Like, for one, they don't have free health care. If you get sick yeah. in America, yeah. it's going to cost you thousands of dollars to go to the doctor. Yeah. So there's so many more factors that are applying to them that don't apply to us. We can feel a lot safer because... In many ways, our government is superior. <laughs> you yeah. know, they, they take care of us a little bit better. You know, there's still flaws in every single government around the world. Mm-hmm. But America, there are, they have less land than us, and there's 10 times the amount of people there. They're way more crammed in. They've yeah. got, you know, and when you cram people into a small space, you're going to get more heat. You're going to get more tension. You're going to get more fighting. You're going to get more arguing. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, we get, we have the privilege of being in a place where we have a little bit more space we can afford each other the space to be ourselves and do what we need to do as individuals. Whereas in America, it can be a lot scarier. So that fear makes people crazy, man. That fear makes people do very irrational things. Yeah. So that's why you see them going crazy and hoarding toilet paper or whatever they're doing. <laughs> I was like, what the heck, man? Like, I saw videos on Facebook. Like, everybody was like, uh, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> like come on what the <laughs> heck are you getting toilet paper for yeah. like you know yeah. it's like you know it's like what the heck <laughs> you see people you, you you know you go to Walmart or go to any kind of store that has toilet paper and that's God, shelves are empty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was I was really happy to see the other day when I went to Sobeys to get yeah. some groceries. That though there were a lot of people there, there was more people than normal. There was a lineup to the cash registers, but everybody was calm and polite. And even on the shelves, there was still loads of food and loads of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. Nobody bought yeah, all of yeah. that. You know, there was still lots for everyone. And when I was in the lineup, everybody was like being very kind to ch- to each other. You know, yes, and, and that's beautiful to see. It made my heart really warm. Like I was like, this and that's is nice. what people. That's that's that. That's the whole point of this, yeah, man. man. That's the that's the ticket right there. Yeah, you know? definitely. Like, you know, like. That's what everybody should be doing, you know, mm. coming together, helping each other out, you know, be like, hey, man, you know, like, how's your day and everything else, man. That, yeah. And that's that's who I am now. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I don't have the sadness that I used to have when mm. I was young, you know, like, I don't have, 
you know, the anxiety that I used to have. I, you know, I'm, I, I feel a lot better. I quit smoking. I, um, I told you this. Like, yeah. I, last yeah. time I seen you, you were, you said that your last pack was like a couple of days before that. Uh, I was on the vape. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was on the vape. Yeah. Right. So I gave that up completely. Yeah. Like, How long has it been now? It's been a couple of weeks now. Nice, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. How and do you the, find it? You find it difficult at times? No. No? <laughs> Nothing to it, eh? No. Were the first couple of days hired at all? No, because I didn't know and realize it, it was gone, you know? Like, yeah. I was, so you didn't need it after all? No. It was just a habit. It was just a habit. Oh, that's man. awesome, you know, like, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. And, you know, like, a lot of people are, you know, like, saying that it's not good for you. Well, you're right. It is not good for you mm -hmm. because, you know, it destroys the lungs and everything else. Mm -hmm. And I'm very happy to say that I'm breathing, I'm feeling good and oh, everything good, else, dude. man. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know. It's because of all this, man, you know, like, uh, you know, and, you know, like, I just look at it as, like, you know, like, maybe I should have quit a long, long, long time ago, but mm. maybe I was going through a lot of stuff. And right. People, maybe you, maybe it helped you a lot at those points, right? Yeah, it did. Yeah, exactly. It helped, you know, yeah. like, not to think about it, you know, like, you know, like, I would go out for a smoke in the morning and, you know. Like, if I have my own pack of cigarettes, you know, I would go out and and smoke and, sm well, not, like, heavily smoke, but I would smoke, like, um, like, if I went out for a smoke uh, around 1 or something like that, it would be probably one thirty or something like that before I would have another one. Like, mm -hmm. I, I used to be a heavy smoker, man. Right. You know. mm -hmm. But luckily, I, I just don't do it. Yeah. You know? You're at a better place in your life now where you can you can choose to put that down. Yeah, you know? I'm at I'm at the point where you know like I don't even drink hardly because I never thought you know like talking about drinking for a second it's like you know um, when I was young you know like my stepdad was a hard drinker he was a very hard drinker like mm -hmm. and my my real father he. He drank like a fish. Yeah. You know? So, you know, and it was it was really hard. So, you know, like I had a beer when I was eighteen. Mm -hmm. I had a beer. Just one beer. That was the first time you had one when you're eighteen? Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. You abstained for quite a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because you know, like, um because, you know, I I I just Wanted to try it, so I had mm -hmm. one beer when I was 18 and stuff, and then, you know, like, um, you know, like, I used to go to the bars and have a couple of drinks and, you know, a couple of dances and stuff like that, and mm -hmm. that, yeah, so, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, I'm gonna have one beer and then, you know, like, oh, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to the store and go, go crazy and get a 12 pack of beer or right. you know six pack no mm -hmm. it's like you know drinking was not it never bothered me right. really it never got to a problem level 
No. Yeah. You're always like, you just have a few and that'd be it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, if I'm out with you guys or whatever, you know, like I, I would have, you know, one or two, but you Mm -hmm. know, like, but you know, like, it's not the point where, you know, I I just keep on going, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's good that you had that level of control, man. Yeah. For me, I was the opposite for a while. <laughs> yeah. You know, I started when I was really young. Well, depends on what you think of as really young. Some people start when they're like 12 and 13 years old, but I was, I think, 15 or 16. And as soon as I started, I basically never stopped. It was every weekend, Friday and Saturday for like 10 years straight. Yeah. And even when we lived out on our own, when I was 19 and we moved in uh, to Wexford, uh, when we moved to St. John's, whereas we never went to school anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just worked. So pretty much every opportunity I got, I drank. Like it was, yeah. it went from two times a week to like four or five times a week. I wasn't necessarily loaded every night, but I always had a few beer. And for me, it was a way to, it was a way, way to deal with my issues, even though I probably wouldn't have considered it that way back then. I thought it was just having fun with my friends, Yeah, but it was yeah. a way for me to let loose and be who I wanted to be. Yeah, because I was too scared to be the real me when I was sober. You know, I was too scared of what people thought and stuff like that. But when I got a little drunk, I got a few beer in me. I was I was a little bit more loose and I was a little bit more confident, mm-hmm. and I could talk to girls better. I could even talk to uh, guys that I wanted to be my friends better. I was funnier. I was more sociable. Yeah, and so I really depended on that. So, but it started to really take a toll on my health. And now I wasn't healthy in any other way either. I didn't, I never ate well. I never, I never exercised, never did anything like that. So. Well, when I had anxiety and stuff, man, like I would be, I like, it would, it would, it would, it would totally go down for me. Like, like every time I would eat, I felt like I was choking or something, man, because you know, it was inside, it was inside my mind. Like I would, I would roll up in a blanket and like, just wait for it to go away <laughs> mm-hmm. and it, it would destroy me. Yeah. You know, and you know, like, you know, like, um, it's, it's, um, you know, like if you have anxiety, you know, like I, I was on bringing depression, depression pills for God's sakes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, and that, that, no, uh, most of it helped me, but, you know, I would get headaches from it and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. like, and then I, well, I went to a youth conference and then I got freed just like that, man. Freed from, from it because, mm-hmm. you know, like, I didn't need it. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't need the pills or anything like that right. to, to, you know, help me out. Yeah. You know? It was just me. So, you know, like, when you talk about, you know, like, drinking made made you feel more, you know, like yourself when you got a couple into you, mm-hmm. like, finish your story, man, because... You know. <laughs> no worries, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it, it, it got to a point for me where the hangovers and the depression I was feeling because of it was way too intense. <sighs> I couldn't handle it anymore. Like it was never worth it anymore. I would get drunk and the next day I would wake up and I would be, it was just brutal. I just didn't want to be, I didn't want to live, but I didn't want to end it, but I didn't want to feel anything. I just wanted to sleep all day and avoid what I was feeling because it was way too intense. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And I found it was really difficult for me to even just 
live normal life because uh, there was always just this sense of depression in the back of my mind. Like I just never, I never believed I could be happy. And I found that when I started cutting down at first, like I, at first I was like, I'm going to cut down on drinking. And I started cutting it out. I stopped doing it every weekend. I took like a couple weeks breaks at a time. And Mm-hmm. I started noticing a difference in how I felt. And then that was around the time that I started trying to be healthy too. Started trying to eat better and exercise and stuff. And it yeah. just, it made everything better. Mm-hmm. And then once I felt good just being where I didn't need to, I st- started feeling better about myself in every day. So I didn't need that whole thing to make myself feel better anymore. I didn't need that, that boost to loosen me up. I didn't need it to give myself confidence because I started gaining confidence in myself just because of who I was. You know, I started to understand who I was and that's what really made everything change. And then I was just like, well, why do I drink at all? What's the point? I'm not benefiting from this at all. And then I actually started going to parties and being the only person sober and I was still having fun. Yeah. Like sometimes it was a little awkward, especially when you're talking to a drunk person and they just repeat themselves for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, uh, you, you, yeah. they say the same thing over and over and over <laughs> like, again. And you're like trying to have an interesting conversation and they just don't know what they're saying. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to leave the party. Like there's not yeah. much point for me to be in here anymore. Everyone's way too drunk to even talk. Yeah. So, but yeah. I started being able to have fun without drinking because to me drinking made everything funner yeah i never even had like uh um new year's i didn't even have a drink on new year's right same yeah i haven't had a drink on new year's in several years probably i don't remember the last time honestly well uh, people don't know this but i am not a newfoundlander or a labradorian I was born in Victoria, B.C., British Columbia. Oh, Thank right. you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, you're a British Columbian. Yes. Wow. Not outside Carbonair people. <laughs> right. Yes. So, but Labradorian is in me. Yeah, for sure, man. It's a state of being. When you live in Labrador, yeah. Yeah. like that whole sense of community we're talking about, yes. that is everywhere in Labrador. Yeah. Because it's smaller towns. Everyone lives closer together. Everyone has to depend on each other a lot more than you would in the yeah. city. And I noticed that when I was growing up. Like when we were growing up, um, especially in high school, I started to realize how great our friend group was. Like it was amazing to me. Like I didn't go to Millie Mountain uh, Plegic. No, I didn't go to that. No, like I think, uh, I think that was back when uh his high school wasn't it okay you never went to mealy mountain at all no oh no i never even went to um uh, to the other place um Goose High? i went to good high yeah but, okay but uh, uh i think it went because you went to queen of peace i remember that i went to queen of peace yes but then when you were in high school you went to goose high i went to goose high for that would mean so that would have been grade 10 and 11 right Mm-hmm. Yes. But when when you were in grade twelve, that's when Mealy Mountain opened. So how come you didn't go to Mealy Mountain? Because I was still in the state. I was still, uh, I was in a, still in the state of of you know like I I I did like things wrong, mm-hmm. you know, got in trouble and stuff okay. like that. That's why I didn't. Oh yeah, and you said that at fifteen or sixteen. That's when you moved away. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. And I didn't even go to uh, a. Is it St. Michael's or... Yeah, St. Mike's was the... Yeah, yeah. I didn't even go there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so... I knew a lot of people that were going there, but I didn't go there. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it was was crazy time. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, yeah, like, it's funny that we, you know, after all these years, man, we, we, you know, me, you, Paul, Ben, and all the boys are, st are still, like, best best buddies, man. I know, and, I, yeah. I'm so grateful for that, man. Yeah, I am, too. Our man. friend group is unreal. Yeah. Every, like... Every person we've met over the years that have come into our group, they've always talked about, they're like, man, your friends are just the best. Like, they, they're so nice to each other. They don't talk about each other behind each other's backs. And, you know, they're actually real to each other. Yeah. I'm so appreciative of that, especially, like, when we lived at Wexford. We were so real with each other that we we all made each other better people. Yeah. Oh, it, was, it was really cool. Like, at first, like, there were some points where I never appreciated it much because one thing that we did is that we'd always call each other out <laughs> like on everything we did wrong or any insecurities we had. Yeah. Like if I was feeling down in the dumps about something superficial about myself, yeah. then the guys would like poke fun at me because of it. And be like, <laughs> why do you care about that? It's pointless to care about it. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know what? You're right, man. I don't know why I do care about it. And then I get over it. Yeah. You know, we call out each other's insecurities but it was never in a way to be mean. It was in a way of love, you know, be like, listen, get over it. You're better than that. You don't need to feel sad about that trivial thing, you know? Yeah. And it was so cool to have that, man. And I realized that when we were in high school that we really had a good group of friends. And then I can remember thinking that when we moved to the city, so many of the people we moved that, uh, so many of the people that we met that lived in the city, they weren't as nice to each other and they would always fight and then they'd end up not being friends anymore. And, and it immediately kind of dawned on me that the reason why is because when you're in a small town, if you do something wrong to your friends, you're going back to the same school the very next day and you either going to have to get over it and work through it or you're not going to have any friends or you're going to have to go to another group of friends, but eventually you're going to run out of friends because there's only so many people in the school. But in the city, if you wrong a certain group of friends and then you go to another group and wrong them, eventually you could just switch schools. You know, you can go to a school a couple kilometers away and start a whole new life. And we started realizing that a lot of the people that we met in the city were doing that type of thing. They didn't, they never really tried to mend their relationships with their friends because they could easily just start brand new at a brand new school. Mm -hmm. So they never had that kind of training to be good people to one another. But the, whereas we had a group of friends that was so close, whenever we got in a fight, we talked it out and we figured out exactly what was going on. And that's how we yeah. got over it. Yeah. And now, like, I literally think I have the best friends in the world. I know everyone says that, but <laughs> mm -hmm. I really do believe it, man. Yeah. I, I couldn't ask for better friends. Yeah. Like, friends are, like, like uh, talking about friends for a second, you know, like, uh, the friend the friends thing is crazy because, you know, like, uh, when I was younger, you know, like, you know, like, there's used to be like like the guys and the girls but mm. your boy always used to hang around with the girls because you know like he didn't always hang around i didn't always ha hang around with the guys because mm -hmm. when i met tony um uh yeah tony when i first went to create five she was my uh she you know who I'm talking about. I think so. Yeah. Last name begins with an H. Hamel. Yeah. Tony yeah. Hamel. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I do know her. Yep. She was my reading partner. Oh, okay. Every day. She was there for me. Yeah. Every day. Even Aaron. Even Tash. 
fucking Blair. Mm. But they didn't realize what was going on. But mm-hmm. Tony, Tony knew what was going on, and right. you know, like you know, when I first came to to Labrador, and I went to I uh, went to school there, you know, in uh, um, in Robert uh, Robert Lecky. Yeah, you went to Robert Lecky. Uh, I went to. Uh, Oh gosh! Uh, there was another another school. Uh, uh, hmm. Spruce Park, yeah, Spruce oh, Park Elementary, okay, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, 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 right, okay, um, yeah. So, yeah, and that's where you know, like they they were really good to me, you mm. know, like all my friends were good to me, you know, like stuff. Yeah. Like, all the dances we had, man, those were fun as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, like, getting getting to have that was good, you know. Mm-hmm. Very much needed at, at that point, eh? Yes. Yeah, definitely, man. And the way that, you know, we still have the same friends that we always had, you mm-hmm. know, like. Some people are in different uh, places or, or you know, or whatever, and that's okay, you know. But, you know, like, no one could do what we could, man. You know, like, when we had that bond together, mm-hmm. you know, like, we had a bond. Yeah. With each other. And yeah. that's And that's how I felt about, you know, like, the, the friends I have in, you know, Goose, and I had the friends and the family in Goose mm-hmm. and people out here, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that reminds me of what you were saying earlier about, like, when you were on your trip for nationals. Um, it made me think about how, like, your team and that whole mentality and, like, the community aspect you had of it was, like, kind of the same thing. So, yeah. like, you've only met those people in recent years yeah. because of playing with each other, but now you've kind of got, like, a new part of your family because of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, like, my coach always says, you know, like, you know, like, it doesn't matter if your parents are watching you or whatever. Like, you have to go out there and do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, like... We are we are better for that. Mm-hmm. You know, we are better because we have, you know, like the. Let me just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go and like um talk about one thing that happened at nationals, and you're gonna laugh at this because I, I could stop laughing at it. Um, <laughs> okay. When I went to nationals, it was so funny, man. Like um. Oh, uh, like we would just uh, talk about different things, and someone, um, some fart or something on the bus. <laughs> Everybody started crack up laughing, man. <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh man, like um, and then um, we were talking about um, like. <clears throat> A grass, a grass moor, you know, like um, the the one that you you know uh, uh, cut your ass on and whatever. It's like, and then you know, like um, 
ta- talking about that, and then uh, you know, uh, and then I thought about you know, what if we could add a part to that? I'd be a snowmobiler, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and um, it was hilarious. <laughs> like <laughs> my friend Dion, oh man, he went crazy over it. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah, like it was like there was laughs all the time out there, man. Mm. You know, like it was great times, man. You know, like like so many good times out there. You know, like it was sad that we. Well, it was sad to a lot of the people that you know went out there, and you know we didn't win the gold medal, but you know, like. We tried, we, you know, and, um, it was hard for a lot of people, but I, you know, I had to grin and bear because, you know, like, I had to say to myself, you know, look, man, you, you did what you did for the, for your team, man, you put it all out there, you know, mm-hmm. you know help people out there. Right, and stuff, yeah, and that's what matters most, man. So you try yeah. your best, right? Yeah, you be there for your team, you yeah. do everything you can, and who cares if you win or not? It's all about just the playing, man. Getting the opportunity to go out there and do that with all your friends and have those laughs and have those good times, man. That's what yeah. it's all about, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, I couldn't, I could never, you know, I could never really. understand the grasp of everything, you know, like the the feelings and stuff, man. Like, you know, where we're at right now, it's crazy. And, you know, like, people are just, just devastated from all this. And, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a lot of things going on, but we... I I feel that we could do more than just worry about this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, come on. Like, we need to, you know, come as one to help each other out. And yeah. that's what it's all about, man. Yeah, and, dude. Yeah. And like you were saying, uh, I want to talk about this now because we've only got a little bit of time left. Uh, we got to call it quits in about, I'd say, about 10 minutes. So I was wondering, like, when we were on the way over, you were talking about how you made a video telling people about how you feel as if um, someone's watching over us, you know, we're being taken care of. But it's about understanding that people have to have that kind of face that we are being taken care of. And that's what's going to change things. Because if you feel hopeless and despair and just give up, then that's what's going to devolve this situation into something way worse than it could be. Yeah, and I'm glad that you brought this up because, you know, I've been saying it throughout this that, you know, that the world needs a savior. The mm-hmm. world needs a savior that, you know, like there is a savior out there. Mm-hmm. There is a God. There is a Jesus out there. Mm-hmm. But some people look at it as like, you know, 
he's make-believe or he's not real. Mm -hmm. He is real. Mm -hmm. He's in my heart. He mm -hmm. can, you know, he can be in your heart, you know, like, and that's, that's the way I feel, man, you know, like the love, the, you know, the feeling of being loved, you know, by other people and, and stuff and, you know, like, you know you got a Heavenly Father looking out for you. Mm. You know, like, you know, like, um, there's a couple of um, worship songs that, you know, like, Good Good Father and um, uh, just, just really, you know, like, inspiring, hope-built, hope you know, like, the feeling that you are, that He is watching over you, that He has never let let you down, you know, that kind of feeling. And he has never let me down. He has never, you know, turned his back on me. Mm. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way, man. Like, whatever it is that I look to, yeah, it always, no matter what I feel, no matter what I go through, yeah. I just always have the idea of that at our core we are love. Yes. And when I know, when I remind myself of that, yes. I start to be alleviated from my pain or from my fear or from my worry or whatever. I could be stuck in the worst fear spiral ever. I could think this is the worst. Oh my God, everything's going to go bad. But then I just have to remind myself that I've gotten through way worse. I've, I've yeah. come through it all, man. Like I've come to this point and I just imagine the stuff that I've been through when I was a kid that I never thought I would be able to recover from. Yeah. And I've come, I've come out, come out of it better than ever. And it's that kind of mentality that like, even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not religious in any way, you can still find that faith in yourself, in that, in your own heart, in, in the, in your capacity for love. You, if you nurture that capacity for love and togetherness and community within yourself, then your life will improve and you'll, you will improve the lives of other people around you by having that attitude and having that mentality. Yeah. That. Yeah, and that, you know, like, that's the way I look at things, you know, like, mm -hmm. if I didn't have this, this, like, if I didn't have this loving heart that I have now, like, I'd be, I'd be probably in a d d really dark, dark place, mm -hmm. man. Same, man. And, you know, God has shown me that he loves me, mm -hmm. that he's there for me through thick and thin, man. Yeah. And that will never, that, 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 you know, that, you know, that breaks me down sometimes because, you know, like when you're going through something so hard or something so painful that you don't know where to turn to and mm. he is, he, he turned my life upside down. changes everything when you have that man yeah when you no matter what you're going through when you really think nothing's going to get better if you look within yourself yeah to that connection you have with the all yeah. with all that is with god the universe the source whatever you want to call it yeah that's that's where we can truly connect and tune into what we truly are mm -hmm. and when we do that everything changes man yeah mm -hmm. and i just want to uh you know i just I just want to, you know, just end this off with a prayer, if that's okay, man. By all means, man. I would love it. 
please. Um, Jesus, we thank you today that we are here, that I have my buddy here today, and I am here with him. God, we are going through a very hard crisis right now with this uh, coronavirus, God. We pray that um, your um, your presence would be in this world today, God. Um, we pray that, you know, the people who have been affected by this, uh, this virus, uh, I pray that you would heal them. I pray that they would have no signs of of sickness anymore, God. I pray that you would just um, be there for them, God. Uh, be there for the nurses, the doctors, or whoever that is out there today, God. Uh, we just pray that you would just get rid of this virus in Jesus' name because um, it destroys people, God. And I, you know, I just want to... Uh, Thank you for your love, God, and you have shown me your love, and I thank you for that. And I hope that you, um, I hope that people would understand from this, but from the way I have spoken about you, God, that they would come to understand of your presence and your and you know who you are. Mm -hmm. So thank you, God, in your name, Amen. Amen. That was beautiful, man. Yeah. Anyways, Lyle, thank you so much for coming on, man. No that problem. Wonderful. No problem, man. I love Anytime. you, brother. Yeah, I love you too, man. Peace. Peace, man. <laughs> Rock on, peeps. <laughs> Rock on, boys.